Email oliver at rte.ie. And you're very welcome back. And I knew the texters would know what Carbra, the brother of the kneecap rapper, was up to. He is the head of strength and conditioning for the Limerick Hurling team. So not Tipperary, it's Limerick Hurling team. And his work has been hailed as part of their transformation under John Kiley's management. Uh, the boys are all gentlemen and the nicest you could meet. Says that's Texter on 51551. Uh, now, and someone else says, hey, oh, the Monaghan potholes are definitely not Dobbo territory. Thank you for that, Eddie. Yes, but uh, walking across Monaghan is indeed a challenge. I was very proud of myself because I once did the Four Peaks Challenge for Focus Ireland years and years ago where you do all the four highest peaks in Ireland uh, in a single weekend but <laughs> that is somehow pales in comparison to the Seven Summits Challenge which is the seven highest peaks across the world and our next guest he climbed Kilimanjaro at the age of 16 and has become the youngest mountaineer to do all of the Seven Summits 27 year old Sligo man Ryan O'Sullivan is on the line Good morning to you Ryan Good morning Thanks for having me on I was listening to the first 15 minutes of your show there and it wasn't sure if I was more surprised to be on the show or that there was another Ryan O'Sullivan on <laughs> yes, <as> yeah. <laughs> just totally conveniently two different Ryan O'Sullivans just winning stuff globally so congratulations to you first of all thanks very much you, you've just come down off the, the, the seventh summit only what a fortnight ago or so yeah I summited on January 8th and I was off the mountain on January 11th so yeah quite recently what was the last mountain then you, that you climbed yeah I was over in Antarctica climbing Mount Vincent um, so as you can imagine, it's quite a difficult place to get to. So for me, it was... Um, you were a bit casual on going to, Antarctica. <laughs> yeah, so it was always, for me, it was always going to be the last one. Um, right. So yeah, I was over there for about two weeks, um, trying to pretty much get to the top of it and get off it without any problems. So thankfully that all worked out and yeah, January 8th stood on top. That was your Christmas. That was your Christmas. It was, yeah. I actually left home on Christmas Day. I had to drive out the door. Uh, I'm on at 5 p.m. on Christmas Day, which is far from ideal, but go away. It had to be done. Yeah, but your family so are used to you now after 11 years of this. Yeah, they're not even surprised at this stage. Yeah, <laughs> they don't bat an eyelid. Before we get back into that, can you just give us an overview first of all uh, about the mountains and the, and the seven peaks that you have climbed over these uh, 11 years that have made you the youngest Irish mountaineer to do so? Yeah, so basically, there's. Seven mountains ranging in, in height and difficulty and technicality. And so for me, I started with Kilimanjaro, but the, the easiest, the most accessible one would be Kosciuszko in Australia, which I did in November 2022. And that's about 2,200 metres high. And then the next, you've got Mount, in terms of height wise, you've got Mount Vincent, which I just did, and that's the highest in Antarctica. Yeah. From there, you've got um, Mount Elvis in Russia, which is the highest in Europe, and then on to Kilimanjaro in Africa. Uh, and then you get into the sort of, there's a step up from there and you get into the more serious from height-wise and technicality-wise. You've got Aconcagua in Argentina, which is the highest in South America. Denali in Alaska, which is the highest in North America. And then, obviously, needs no introduction, you've got Everest then, the highest in Asia, um, which I did in May of this year, or last year now. Last year. I mean, they're all serious and they're all very dangerous, of course. Yeah, like some of them, like obviously with the high altitude, there's, risks that come with that and some of them aren't as technical as others like you know you'd hear quite a lot of people going off to climb Kilimanjaro with the trekking peak it's quite a good introduction to high altitude mountaineering Uh, and then on the other end end of the spectrum you've got Denali which is a brute of a mountain and then Everest which you know everyone knows uh, what happens up there so yeah, there's just a, there's a, such a mix, really. Um, mm. Luckily, in the Seven Summits, there's kind of a natural stepping stone, you know, from one to the next. There's um, there's a way of kind of doing it in that 
the previous mountain kind of trains you for the next one. Um, So it kind of does help that way. You spell it. How did you start all of this? Uh, Kind of just really random. So a man named Ian McKeever came into my secondary school when I was in transition year. He was trying to get students to go. He was basically describing the seven summits. He once held the world record for the fastest time to go up them all. And he was describing the seven summits and he was trying to get students to go to climb Kilimanjaro and... You know, obviously everyone throws their hand up without, <laughs> you know, you're in transition here, someone's saying you're going to go off to Africa for two weeks, so everyone throws their hand up and eventually the hands drop once they hear what you're actually going over to do or what's involved in, in the trip. So eventually it just was myself and a few of my friends from home went off with Ian uh, and a group from Mayo. And basically I I had always, once he had told us about Seven Summits, in back of my head I had researched it all. I could probably tell you the routes up the mountain before I even went to climb Kilimanjaro, but I was keeping that to myself. Uh, and I remember describing Dean on Kilimanjaro about, you know, oh, this is how you do this, this is the route, this is how much it would cost to fund an expedition there. And he was just turned to me and goes, wow, you really have thought this through. Um, <laughs> he didn't probably didn't take me seriously at first, but yeah, um, yeah basically did Kilimanjaro. I remember standing on top of it and just thinking, yeah, yeah, this is, this is something that I want to do. And from there, yeah, I've pretty much just been dead set on it and haven't really, I've had the blinkers on. I haven't really deviated from that path and thankfully it all worked out in the end. I love that Ian McKeever was your uh, inspiration because he was an incredible guy, wasn't he? I remember him in Today FM years ago. He, he'd come in just to do ads, but I remember him just from those short visits. He was a huge bundle of energy and optimism, wasn't he? He absolutely was. Like, Can you tell people like, about him? Yeah, like <laughs> it's so long ago now and um, obviously Ian passed away mm. um, in like a tragic event on Kilimanjaro six months after I climbed, but he was, he was an inspiration for me anyway. It's, it sort of comes back to that thing, you know, they're like, you don't really know who you're going to affect when you come in and talk. You know, yeah. it could just affect one person. And I know he probably spoke to hundreds, if not thousands of students and mm. guided hundreds of students up Kilimanjaro. But, and I don't know what they went on to do. But for me, like, that's really defined my life um, when he came in and talked to us. So, like, I really owe, owe him a lot, really, for, for what he's done for me. Um, but he was, he, he had a very, he was very charismatic. He had very strong voice, I think, and good presence in the room. But just, yeah, he was just a great guy. And for me, just a massive inspiration, really. Yeah, he was only 42 and he was struck by lightning on Kilimanjaro. It was just incredible misfortune. Uh, very, oh, very rarely happens. And his fiance was in, in the group, a huge group from Ireland. But he raised so much money for charity. And as you say, uh, he, he, had that, he had that world record for so long. Uh, 11 years has taken you to complete it. You would have done this quicker, obviously, if we hadn't uh, the world shut down for those two years. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, it was a long time really before I said to anyone I was doing the Seven Summits. Someone who was able to put two and two together maybe might see the pattern of the mountains I was doing and figure it out, but I wasn't going to be admitting it to anybody. So did Kilimanjaro and then... Basically, I at one, at one point I thought I might do it by 24. Uh, now, in hindsight, that is just <laughs> never was never going to happen. But yeah. that was sort of me dreaming as a 16 year old, um, and not understanding sort of the practicalities of it all. So yeah, I started at 16 to Kilimanjaro, and then obviously I've no form of income as a teenager doing my leaving third as well. So like it was four years before I was able to do another one. Um, so I went off to Russia, um, 
probably parents weren't too happy about that one. But when after Russia's <laughs> 19, turned around and says, I'm off. I'll, I'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> just heading off to Russia on my own. <laughs> I'm just off to Russia there now, yeah. There's someone waiting for me at the other side, I'm sure. Well, I think there is anyway. <laughs> you were lucky and, you went uh, then, obviously, weren't you? Absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah anyone who's to trying to do it now and you yeah. haven't got that done, you, you, yeah, God knows when yeah. the borders would open up and you'd be able to go in there. So very fortunate with the time in that one. So... Yeah, I went there and then, you know, started to pick up pace. I started my job and, you know, I was able to get a bit of momentum going. So things started to take off then and then COVID hit and I was delayed twice going over to Denali in Alaska. I meant to go in 2020, it was cancelled. Tried to go in 2021, cancelled. So luckily got over in 2022. But that was, Denali is one of those mountains where they say if you can kind of get up that, it's a good indicator about Everest. So it's a great training peak sort of to build up to that. So once I had summited that, I kind of knew I was in a good place to go to Everest and I was in the shape of my life. And I, for me, like I was like, right, I'm either going now or never. So then... And that's the one you're dropped yeah. in from a plane, isn't it? And you you take off. Yeah, it's kind of, the, it's a very unique expedition versus the ones I'd done before that because it's, you have to be completely self-sufficient. So in what I mean by that is like other mountains have support networks there there might be some sort of system in place to help you you know either carry weight or just distribute it across a bigger team so that yeah. you know you, you as a, the climbing team can have a higher chance of success but on Denali the plane lands on the ice in the middle of nowhere drops you off flies off and you know says I'll see you in two weeks so you know you have to carry really heavy weights we were pulling sleds for a few days then we were, had heavy backpacks and Kind of luckily for us, but also unlucky for us, we had great weather. So, you know, obviously that... In, in context of the place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lovely weather cool for Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we basically had great weather so we could keep moving and we just kept pushing. So yeah. we had good chances of success, which is hard on that mountain. But yeah. at the same time, it meant that we had to carry heavy load like three four weeks worth of supplies but we were only going to be there for two weeks so that's a big test for Everest can you tell all the reports from Everest seem to be huge queues of people trying to get to the summit a lot of chaos a lot of danger what was your experience like on my summit day like those queues would have you would see would be on the summit ridge so from basically the final 100 metres of the mountain the last hour or two and I didn't experience any of that. Luckily, we had a great leader. Uh, we were led, the expedition was led by David O'Brien, a very experienced guy, and he just basically said before we went on our summit rotation that we will not be standing behind anybody. And so we let all the other expeditions go off on the first weather window, which happened in mid-May, I think it was about May 17th, May 18th, and we sat in base camp and, you know, everyone had itchy feet. We're all ready to go. And we were like, you know, David, can we not, can we not go? You know, we'd been on the mountain for seven weeks at this point, you know, so it's, it's hard to sit there for another while, especially when all the other climbers are going. And basically people were coming off the mountain and people were having their parties in base camp, but we hadn't even left yet. So once we just did decide to go, we basically had the mountain to ourselves. I think it was us and two other expeditions were there. We got up to the Camp 4, 8,000 metres just before the death zone, before you do the summer push. And yeah, it was just us and two other teams. I remember standing on top and I was, basically there with a handful of people um, and there was no one around so you know it just Brilliant. shows it, it really depends on the, the weather windows and um, you could have a the moment, the moment of your life. Day. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Look, congratulations. Seven summits. It's unbelievable. I, I gather Kerry Explorer Pat Falvey has done it twice. So um, you'll have to do it three times now 
to meet him. Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't tell time. my parents. Hopefully they're not <laughs> listening. <laughs> Ryan O'Sullivan, congratulations again. Thanks a million for chatting. You're actually keeping the spirit of Ian McKeever alive because uh, Helen's just texted to say she's loved listening to you talking about climbing. Fair play to you. And it's inspiring her to climb Croke Patrick because her dad has done it 14 times. So you never know, as oh, you say, yeah. what effect exactly. you'll have once you get chatting. Ryan O'Sullivan, good morning to you. Slant. From Bye. the North Tech Studio, followed by your message to 80889.